0: Welcome to everything EOS, I'm Zach Gall, an ICO data analyst at ICO Alert, the trusted ICO discovery platform. Visit icoalert.com, the most complete calendar of all active and upcoming initial coin offerings. And I'm here today at ICO Alert headquarters in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with the founder and CEO of Cipherglass, Rob Finch. Thank you all so much for joining us for yet another episode.
1: I said it last time, I said it the episode before, and I'll say it again: we are now doing these podcasts in video form. So if you want to see it in video, head over to EverythingEOS.io. You can check out the video version there, and we'll also be posting some other cool short form content on that exclusive Everything EOS channel. Um, thank you all so much for leaving feedback and comments about the show. It helps us, uh, you know, know what you guys like, know what you don't like,
0: know what t- topics you want us to cover. We do read those comments, so please keep leaving them and letting us know. All right. On today's podcast, we're going to be mostly discussing the upcoming buzz around the EOS hackathon in London and other events surrounding that, uh, some rumors about a major project migrating to EOS, some airdrop news and more. And before we get started, I do need to mention as a matter of disclosure
1: that both Zach Call and I do hold EOS tokens ourselves. But this podcast should not be construed as legal, financial, tax, professional investment or any other kind of advice. We're just two people talking about EOS because we love
0: it and always do your own research before making any financial decisions. Let's get to it. All right. We got lots to talk about. So let's yeah. just kick it right off with the uh, London hackathon, Buzz. I think this one has everyone excited. So yeah. your week starts off a little bit before the hackathon. Yeah. So we we'll talk about that with SVK?
1: Yeah. So next Monday, I am flying over to London. It's like a, a crazy red-eye flight. Not super excited oh, about man. the flight. You got a layover? Uh, yeah, one layover. I think In I fly from here to it's New York or New Jersey, something like that, and then directly to London from there. Um, But then on September 19th, if you're in London, I'm speaking at the SVK Crypto. They have a a monthly blockchain event. SVK Crypto, if you're not familiar, is the most recent partner with Block One's billion dollar dApp fund. They have a 50 million dollar plus fund funding EOS dApps. And I'm super excited to be talking there about why I believe EOS is the future of blockchain. So should be a cool presentation. Um, But then after that, on September 22nd and 23rd is the third installment of the official global EOSIO hackathon. We're going to see Hopefully, some special announcements there that have been teased by both Dan, the CTO, and uh, Brendan, the CEO of Block One.
0: So you were on the uh, webinar. They did a webinar the other day. Did they yeah. tease anything about the uh, topic? No, for- they they had a slide uh. come up that said, and the topic is, and then it was like, we can't tell you until Saturday. So they're not going to tell anybody but, until. We said last week, you think it's going to be something surrounding the digital identity?
1: Definitely. I think it's going to be surrounding their mobile wallet. So the way that it's structured is at 8.30, the doors open, all the participants can go in. I'll be part of that group going in. And then at 10 a.m., there's an hour-long opening ceremony where I imagine Dan and Brendan and maybe some other people will come up and make some pretty exciting announcements, one of which I'm hoping, as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, is that Block One mobile hardware wallet. So what I'm thinking is after that, they're going to say, you know, hey, participants of the hackathon, we're tasking you with building a mobile dApp that interacts with our new wallet. So we'll see. Uh,
0: I, I can't wait. Yeah. So I, I, I've seen the screenshots and I think there's a GitHub like beta release for the scatter mobile wallet. Yeah, I've I've used the Lynx wallet. I'll I'll uh, straight up say, if you haven't used the EOS Lynx wallet yet, oh, it's, it's great. great. Um, it lets you, uh, use the iTunes store. Pay, you could pay 99 cents to create accounts. So I, I created like 20 accounts, just all yeah, kinds of the different same names. <laughs> it, made, it just made it so easy. I, I played EOS dice on it. Yeah. I think that's the only DAP right now that's integrated there, right? Yeah.
1: And it's EOS links, L Y N X. You can search it on the app store, you know, make a purchase with your face. Like Gall said, it's, it's pretty cool. It's only 99 cents to make an EOS account.
0: Yeah, but uh, okay, so back back to London. So the event that has me the most excited is the blockchain live conference Um, So the blockchain live conference, it's a conference in London and block one was announced as being their strategic partners and in an article that our press release that they posted, it says uh, blockchain live will feature the Block.1 village, a showcase of the most interesting and cutting edge applications powered by the EOS IO software blockchain live participants will have the opportunity to visit the village and experience real life use cases and functioning blockchain applications that cover identity identity, identity, (laughs) music, gaming, finance, transportation, and email. And to
1: talk about identity, I I don't know of any other company or platform or or anything that's come out and said, hey, we're building an identity system on EOS. So I can only imagine that this, it it seems to be shaping up to be what we speculated, that if they release that mobile wallet through which you can make a free EOS account that Block One will pay for, the only way to prevent abuse of people signing up for 100 free accounts is to use some kind of identity system. So maybe this will be Block One's own identity system at Blockchain Live on the 26th.
0: So Dan's been, uh, the whole universal basic income thing has exploded and now it's actually been re-termed to, uh, universal resource, universal resource inheritance. Um, and that's kind of the new, new terminology for it. And they created their own telegram group. Dan's been hopping in there and he actually, uh, got into talking about identity a little bit and he called the identity concept proof of life. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to hear more and I'm sure we'll, we'll get some details out of yeah. London. I
1: mean, it, it follows along with what we've been speculating where if you, you have to put in your fingerprint on your touch ID on your iPhone every time, or you have to use your face on face ID, face ID doesn't work on a, on a corpse. If you don't have your eyes open and you're not looking at the camera, it doesn't work on a photo. It actually projects something like 40,000 individual infrared dots on your face and maps your face. So you have to be alive. To use face ID or touch ID so if that's the method through which they identify people in their identity system it makes a lot of sense proof of life
0: I think we talked about this the other day so I'm, I'm not sure if it'll be just biometrics I think there might be more to it I think like we we talked about the other day uh, or last week where like in, in 10, 20 years from now, like it'll be impossible to be invisible on the blockchain. Right. So like right now, like if you Google my name, you'll probably find my Facebook, my LinkedIn, my profile on ICO, you'll see all kinds of stuff about me. But there's other people, if you Google their name, you'll come up with nothing. Um, and that, that's just a search engine. But with, with blockchain, I feel like if you had, if you're live on, in, on this earth, there's going to be uh, a lot of information about you on the blockchain. It mm. might not be personal information. Your personal information will hopefully be encrypted. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be impossible to, to not be on it. So like to prove that you're alive is to basically just show your transactions from the time you're born. Um, <laughs> we're not we're not quite there yet. So I, I do think that there ha- if, if they want to release it soon, there has to be a biometric uh, piece to it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we talked about, I, th- I think we were in your, your car driving to get something to eat the other day. Uh, about poor, poor nations like third world countries, like they're not all going to have iPhones, and yeah. we keep talking about this secure enclave and how uh, the biometric stuff might just be for iPhones mm. in the immediate future. And how iPhones are expensive. Yeah. Uh, not not everyone in a third world country is going to have it. But I, I came up with the idea of like, what about like public libraries? Yeah. Like this is that. Cool. That's how I believe that like in, in third world countries uh, where like you're not going to exclude people because they can't afford a mobile phone. I see a future where there, there's going to be these biometrics, whether it's an iPhone or something else, they'll be available at like the public library, for instance, or, or, or something similar. Yeah. So that'll be like the future of banking. You're not going to bank with a bank teller. You're just going to bank with a with a mobile phone. That'll yeah. be your, it'll, it'll
1: scan your face or read your fingerprint, and boom, up pulls your account. There's no worries about logging out because somebody can't send a transaction
0: without your fingerprint or your face. At, at the first global hackathon, one of the teams that won uh, I, w- I wish I knew their name. I'll, I'll put the, I'll put it in the uh, link and the details of of the video and podcast on iTunes. You can get the link. But one of the projects at, at the first global hackathon used a retina scan to create to generate wow. a wallet address. Had something to do with, something to do really? with like yeah like emergency something or other partnering with the Red Cross. I don't remember. I wish I, I wish I Wow, wondered. that's
1: I, I totally missed that. Yeah, I, I, scan. I'll that's post crazy. the link.
0: You you can check the link tomorrow when I post this. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so th- this whole event's got me so excited. I'm like salivating oh, yeah. at the news. I think uh, we could all agree Block One's been, uh, outside of Dan, very, very quiet recently. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, they've all been heads down building. Dan has said in Telegram they have 50 plus devs. One of those devs was hired off of, you know, somebody who was working for Cypherglass and was, you know, contracting out a bunch of our tools. So I know for sure that these people are, Block One is out there hiring more people. They have something, but how many job applications are open on their, their website?
0: Uh, we I guess we can jump to that topic. They have, yeah. So block one is going crazy with, with their hiring right now. So they just posted on September 11th that they hired a woman or a gentleman. I don't know if it's a guy or girl. I'm really sorry about this. Um, their name is Sheil Coley. Um, They were the Head of Corporate Communications and former Credit Suisse Managing Director. And they were hired as the Global Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Block 1. Yeah. Uh, They're mostly going to cover the Asia-Pacific area. So this is like another heavy hitter hire. But beyond that, if you go to the Block One website, block one front slash careers front slash jobs, there's 27 jobs <laughs> posted by Block One. There's community relations, yeah. events coordinators, like digital media consultants. Pr- obviously, a crapload of developers. Yeah. Well,
1: and I, the point in bringing that up about the developers is that I think it's easy for people to say, "Oh, you know, they're not doing anything," but. If you look at
0: the code, they're releasing
1: a new EOS update every single week. There's a new code update, bugs are being fixed, new features are being added. But in addition to that, they've definitely been working on something. All of those 50 developers aren't pushing out these minor updates every week. They're working on something much, much bigger. And I'm excited to hopefully see the first piece of that at the London Hackathon.
0: I mean, we've, we've talked about before, Dan even uh, was asked a question when he went to Virginia Tech to, to give his uh, uh, seminar. He, he, someone asked him in the Q&A like how does block one make money in the future and he says we build vertical applications on top of EOS IO. Yeah. That, that's how they're going to make money. Like they built the software. It, it's running independently with independent block producers but the software that's built on top of EOS I, I think the first major well at least yeah, the first major, major dApp, I have no doubt it's going to be by block one. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if the first three major dApps are built by block one. Yeah. And we're all expecting uh, the social media platform to be one of the first. And I think that would tie in perfectly w- with identity. Yeah. Um, speaking of
1: the the first three being something made by block one, there was that interesting Twitter prediction that we, uh, we covered, I think... a Many, many shows um, ago. Maybe. Was
0: it Maple Leaf I think it was Capital. Maple Leaf
1: Capital. It's at Maple Leaf Cap on Twitter. He's a, a great guy. He, he posts a ton of informative tweets. Most are speculation about the future of EOS, but backed up with some kind of fact. But he was speculating that the first three major dApps from Block 1, two of which would be disrupting existing areas. So social media and one other. Who knows what that other one will be. And then the third would be something totally new that could only be possible with a blockchain like EOS. So mm-hmm. I can't even think of yet. Yeah, I'm so curious to see what that might be. Uh, an
0: interesting blog post came out today. You want to cover this one? EOS FinEx is going to have a demo yeah. at uh, the blockchain live conference. Yeah. So under that block one village EOS FinEx. Finally, the, the beta
1: version of what was, I think the first decentralized exchange announced to actually be launched on EOS won't be the first launching since we have many others now, but should be the first high performance decentralized exchange that you can plug into with an API and and sort of interface with in the same way you would interface with a centralized exchange. So super excited about that and seeing what they come out with on the 26th.
0: The interesting thing to me was in, the, in their blog post, they said, EOS FinEx will initially list all major pairs including eos usd bitcoin usd and eth usd yeah so that's what's interesting to me is how it's able to be a decentralized exchange but they're having pairs of uh, of non-eos io uh cryptocurrencies yeah i don't know how they're going to do it i'm sure they'll explain it i'm sure it'll be open source Uh, i I think this points
1: this points to something much larger for bifinex though which seems like a an entire transition from a centralized exchange to a decentralized exchange by moving these pairs so if you think of ethfinex which was their ethereum based decentralized exchange it was strictly ethereum pairs you could trade eth against status network token and, and all these other eth tokens and it was really just for that ecosystem but when it comes to something like eos finex where we have not only EOS pairs. But also Bitcoin pairs and USD pairs and all these other things. It it says to me, hey, Bitfinex is looking at the future and saying we want to be fully decentralized in the future for a number of reasons. But we're going to do it on EOS Finex, which
0: is mm-hmm. pretty cool. I, I think Bitfinex is, is one of the, the strongest uh, partners involved with building up the EOSIO ecosystem. I mean, they're one of the top. They're consistently one of the top twenty-one uh, block producers. Yeah, they have uh, the biggest set of proxies that, that their users vote through. Yeah, yeah. So like. When we were waiting for the mainnet to launch, we had to hit that fifteen percent vote consensus. We had to have fifteen percent of all tokens on 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 that were distributed vote for block producers, mm-hmm. and we didn't. Break over that fifteen percent until Bitfinex created the proxying tool. Yeah. And th- there's been some bugs with it. There's been some issues, but yeah. they're continuously making it better. They announced EOS Finex like months before the mainnet launch, so they kind of teased it a long time ago. Yeah. So you knew they were committed. Well, and I
1: think an important piece that most people forget is that Block One itself, as the company, has a lot of different investors. You know, Peter Thiel jumped on, invested in Block One, probably bought some EOS, but unclear on the side, but Bifinex was actually one of their initial investors in their very first round as they came out, hey, we're supported by Huobi Pro, Bifinex, and a couple other people. So, it's no surprise to me that they're so ingrained now in the EOS ecosystem, even having a direct link to EOSIO right on their website.
0: Imagine how happy those seed investors were. They had no idea they were going to raise $4 billion. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) My God. Yeah, that's nuts. So... When we're uh, well, when I was putting the notes together for for this show this week, we're I was looking at all the uh, blockchain live stuff and trying to think of what other kind of demos they're going to be. And if yeah. you, if you recall a few minutes ago, whenever I mentioned all those categories, the last one I mentioned was email. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of people forget about this, but uh, back back in May, a company called Cinecore announced that they're going to be building their decentralized email platform on EOS.IO. And for those not familiar, Cinnacor is not a household name by any means, but they're a very large company. So, oh, yeah. I mean they're Nasdaq traded yeah. with over 500 employees, 127 million dollars a year in annual revenue. Over twenty years of experience, and they have offices all over the world. Yeah, so I- I'm expecting a demo from them because there's been no talk of Cinecore since that original uh, press release was made. Yeah, and I-, I think a messaging platform with email, especially, make makes perfect sense for us yes. i mean we're already practically getting these memo spams every day yeah absolutely i would like to have it in a better uh ui with my my email like just Definitely. feel like an email platform that'd well, be great
1: yeah if if not cinecore i wonder who else it's going to be since to your point they did specifically call out emails one of the demos it, it must be cinecore in my eyes but maybe it's something
0: totally new which i think would be just as good so back, back to like the EOS Phoenix and the decentralized exchanges. This one's not a decentralized exchange. It's not even a greater exchange or a high volume exchange. Right. But HitBTC uh, announced the other day that they're going to be using uh, EOS as, what are they, what do they call it here? They call um, it a, a quote currency. Quote is basically currency. basically
1: a base pair. It's what you quote the price of things in. So if you say, oh, you know, one Bitcoin equals a thousand EOS, it's basically just a way to, to quote and, and They're making EOS a base pair in their system on the same level as a Bitcoin or an Ethereum.
0: Do you remember last year when, when Ethereum started picking up the momentum, went from $10 to $20 to $100, around the $100, $150, $200 mark, I remember. That's when all the big exchanges started adding the Ethereum pairs. Yep. And the the we we saw what happened to the price last year. I don't know if the same thing's gonna happen to EOS price, but it, it's it's getting bigger. Yeah. The distribution's getting larger. More people know about it. I, I don't think there's anyone in the blockchain space that hasn't doesn't have at least the corner of their eye watching EOS and what it's doing. Oh, absolutely. Especially if uh, you're an Ethereum developer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but but so they announced the initial pairs are gonna be against Ripple, Litecoin, Monero, Dash, and B C N. Uh, it's obviously already has a Bitcoin pair. Um. But I'm excited for that because last year when Ethereum started trading against pairs, it initially started with just against its own ERC20 tokens, which yeah. made
1: sense because it's Ethereum against ERC20. Well, tokens. and that's what we're seeing now on all these other exchanges that are listing the airdrops. It's EOS versus mm-hmm. whatever the airdrop is. Uh,
0: Bitfinex is one of the yeah. biggest exchanges in the world, and they have one EOS trading pair and it's against the IQ token. Yep. So I'd imagine when EOS FINEX comes out, there will be also an EOS pair against every major cryptocurrency. Yeah,
1: which is crazy. I mean, the the implications of that are are pretty massive and it it even makes sense from a technical standpoint to have EOS as a base currency because if you're talking about deposits and withdrawals and doing all these different actions, it makes sense not only from the user's perspective because they can deposit and withdraw almost instantly, but also from the exchange's perspective because every time Bifinex does, say, a a Bitcoin withdrawal and they have to process that, Mm -hmm. they're paying that transaction fee on their end. Whether they charge it to the user or not is up to them, but ultimately somebody's paying for that. So to be able to switch to something like EOS where there are no transaction fees, is going to save not only the exchanges a ton of time and money, but also mm-hmm. all the users that use those exchanges.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. It lowers the friction because yeah. why do I have to sell my EOS the Bitcoin to buy some other shitcoin whenever I could, <laughs> <laughs> I could just buy shitcoin with EOS? Absolutely, yeah. And it's yeah. A dream, dream come true. There you go. Um, so I think we covered last week, uh, the, the new update that came out with the EOS contract, the update, uh, version 1.2.1. 1. Yep. Uh, so just a reminder what that did was it actually lowered, uh, the Ram requirements by 25% that you need staked, to, uh, for your account. So if, if you want to, you could actually unstake some of your Ram probably if you, if you go in and check that out. I, I haven't tried it myself. Um, re, you guys were in the top 21 when the vote hit. Uh, We were, yeah. So there was some confusion around...
1: uh, What we've seen with a lot of these proposals is something that uh, I hope gets resolved in the future, where instead of just putting in one update in the proposal, for example, hey, we know we're going to reduce the the cost of accounts by 25%, a bunch of other little things get tagged along as well. And it's it's not like you can approve one of them. You have to either approve them all or deny them. So we were still in the process of basically getting clarity on what the other changes... um, you know, affected on the US mainnet before 15 people had already voted for it and it got approved. So without us approving or denying either way, it went ahead and, uh, Got to prove really but, yeah so
0: there's a word for that in politics it's yeah. called pork barreling <laughs> so lobbyists used to do this let's say you, and they still you, do you want like they don't it's very hard to do now
1: uh well i mean I, in terms of like congressional bills there'll be a health care bill trying to pass but then there's some other budget cut in it that then makes it a big dispute. yeah
0: so th- what they do in government is they'll they'll, they'll put something up for refer or for vote not referendum i mm-hmm. guess in government uh, something that they know is probably going to get voted in because they know people want it. Yeah. And then they'll slip things in at the bottom of it that are like so so small in budget that someone, even if they don't agree with it, they'll sign off on it just because it's such a, a pain in the ass to, yeah. to re-push through a new bill rather than just approving the one that's in front of them. Yeah, exactly. So... Would you say that there's anything wrong with like the proposals are lumping together or I
1: don't think it was intentional I think it was just I think it was EOS Argentina who proposed this one and put it out there I think they just had a bunch of stuff and we're excited to get it out We approved two other proposals in the past one I think was uh, a RAM fix bug that allowed a malicious actor to come in and basically take your RAM temporarily Um, And the other was was some other kind of fix But I just hope in the future block producers continue to space those out so that each thing can be approved individually rather than as a group
0: I mean with with the hyper accountability of the 24-7 vote I really doubt anything malicious could ever get slipped in oh absolutely so outside the realm of possibility yeah I totally agree Um, so other block producer news tell me about this jungle testnet issue that happened so this was really interesting so this is something that
1: technically can't happen on the EOS mainnet because there's not a faucet and a faucet for anybody that doesn't know is basically something where you put in an address and it gives you a bunch of free tokens so this is used on a jungle testnet since the tokens don't have any value just as a way for you to get tokens and get up and running on the testnet if you want to test your dap or whatever but somebody over the course of I think many months was accumulating these faucet tokens mm-hmm. and putting them into an account. And what they did very quickly then was vote in all of their own block producers that were totally malicious. Many of them weren't producing not blocks. They were just sort of sitting there taking up space. But what it represented was not an example of, you know, hey, this might happen on the EOS mainnet, but more so, hey, here's how to actually recover a chain if it gets taken out. That over. was
0: the interesting thing. I don't have yeah. crypto lines. Some, someone put out a blog post was about, crypto lines, Yeah, about like how is... An unfortunate situation but it didn't break anything it's that's what a test net's for yeah but it was interesting because of how they rolled back the transactions and yeah. it kind of started right before the malicious code hit um i think the solution that they came up with had one major gap in it and that would be all the, if this were real life which hmm. it would be very hard to do on the actual main it'd be impossible to do you'd need billions of dollars to do it yeah um but you would have lost all the legitimate transactions that occurred uh, after the malicious uh, right, voting exactly. took place. But yeah. luckily, this is a test net. Yeah. Um, it, it's nice to test out these things before anything Definitely. even close to this would happen in the wild. Well, now, if there ever
1: is anything similar where, say, a bunch of malicious BPs get voted in because of some bug or whatever the case may be, we now have a process in place, at least an initial process, to say, okay, here's how we recover and sort of roll back the chain to a point where it was, you know, secure. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It just sort of... Um, knowledge for us as block producers to have for the future going forward that hey if anything happens we have this really good test example of how to roll it back and how to get it up and running again.
0: All right, so while we're while we're talking about voting and block producer stuff, uh, there's a new airdrop that'll uh, be taking a snapshot soon and it's interesting, it's it's called Patrios, is yep. that how you say it? Patrios, it's it's very similar to Patreon if you guys know that, this is Patrios. So it's
1: basically a decentralized version of Patreon on EOS.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of information on their website yet. Uh, I think they said in Telegram that they'll be getting their white paper out hopefully next week. Yeah. Uh, But I like the way they're doing their airdrop because they're doing their airdrop only for uh, staked tokens who are actively voting for a block producer yeah and they're weighted based on how many block producers you're voting for yeah so that that that's kind of why it stood out to me that's why i wanted to mention on here because i really like the concept i would uh, i would love it if more airdrops did something similar so basically if i'm only voting for one block producer on what days the airdrop um uh october October first is snapshot date and then they're airdropping on october 8th yep Um, So on October 1st, when that snapshot hit, if I was just staking all my tokens towards one block producer or or even a handful, I would get much less tokens airdropped than if I... um was staked to the maximum of 30. Yeah. If yeah. I'm staked to the maximum of 30 block producers, I will get 20 Patreos tokens for every 1ES token.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting is that the the cap actually lifts. I just got a message back from OK Planet, One of the, the people from Patreos is a great guy, um, but he's saying if you only vote for 1 BP, not only is your ratio then, I think, 2 to 1, but in addition to that, you're actually capped at the amount of tokens you can receive at, at 10,000. So capped at 10,000 EOS, so you can get 20,000 Patrios tokens. But as you vote for more block producers, it goes up, where then the cap, if you vote for all 30, the cap is at about 650,000 EOS, much, much higher. You're getting into the whale territory there at a 20 to 1 ratio. So if you have 600,000 EOS sitting in your wallet voting for 30 BPs, you get something like 12 and a half million Patriots tokens. But regardless of who you are, you still have the opportunity and how many tokens you have. You still have the opportunity to get a 20 to 1 ratio, which is the highest ratio we've seen yet. Mm-hmm. IQ was 5.1 to 1. I don't think anybody's been above that. And now to have a 20 to 1, if you have 100 EOS out there, you can get 2,000 Patriots tokens is pretty cool.
0: I mean, I, I'm still in wait-and-see mode to see like how these tokens accrue value. Obviously, yeah. anyone can airdrop tokens. I, I think the concept's great, yeah. uh, but they, they got to put out a white paper once I read that. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's worth mentioning, if you don't know what Patreon is,
1: Patreon is basically a website where people can go and pledge money for either some reward or no reward, generally no reward, generally exclusive content and things like that for creators. So if you have a YouTuber that you really like, you can go pledge five bucks a month and get access to a special video every month. But what's happened recently is something that's also happening on YouTube and Twitter and all these other platforms is that people are getting shut out of the platform based on their views or maybe they make a controversial post and patreon will cut them off and what is generally for these people their only source of income is now cut off. So Patreon is kind of opening it up, saying, "Hey, anybody can come. Anybody can collect money from people that want to give them money, and it'll all be operating on the EOS blockchain, which greatly reduces, or even I think eliminates, the fees where Patreon is." is I'm looking
0: forward free. to it. Maybe yeah. maybe uh, one day we can move everything EOS to Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. Get get funded from the community. That'd yeah, be definitely great. do I'll a do bonus like, podcast. I'll do this or full something. time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, so Liquid EOS put out a pretty cool blog post. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but it was called the DAP Exodus uh, Projects Moving to EOS Blockchain. Yeah. And it was a cool... Cool blog post. They kind of went through all of the different Ethereum projects uh, that have announced the, their movements to the EOS blockchain and their reasons why. So obviously EOS bet. They've been getting yeah. a lot of a lot of, a buzz lately. I think they a lot actually... of people, people don't realize that EOS bet and their
1: their popular DICE game, which is now the most popular dApp on EOS, I believe. It surpassed a bunch of dApps on Ethereum. They, they were on Ethereum before mm-hmm. and now came to EOS and they're seeing their platform explode because of it, because now they
0: can actually process all these transactions with no
1: fees and process as many transactions as they need.
0: They, I saw something, I think it was on EOS Go, that uh, EOS Bet passed 2 million dice rolls recently. So that's 2 million wow. transactions. That's a lot. That's a lot of... That's uh, crazy. I mean, I I don't even like to gamble. And I, I think I I had like five on unstaked. I just kept hitting roll until I I, for, <laughs> I... I went from five years to like 20, and then I finished with zero. Yeah. So don't gamble, guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's mathematically you're you're basically guaranteed to lose in the long run if you continue to do it. Um, It's an interesting concept, though, and really proves that the value of EOS, and clearly people are using it. I think they have about a million EOS in transactional volume every day now. So these guys are making, with their 1% cut, I mean an insane amount of money off of just that little cut for running this dice game.
0: So do you think that's kind of the the future of dApp? So instead of doing an ICO to raise funds, you might get private money somehow or bootstrap it yourself or get support some way and then you generate your revenue over a longer period of time by, yeah. by by taking like a half percent like fee or something. It depends on the model of what they're building what they're doing. I think it is doing. generally for games I think we'll we'll have
1: a much easier time adapting to that model, where you actually have a real revenue model, which mm-hmm. is something that I think is, is sort of a breath of fresh air, especially with all the ICOs we saw last yeah. year, that had no plan to make money. It was, hey, we're putting out this token, it's going to do this thing, hopefully the token appreciates in value, which obviously we've seen didn't really work out in the <laughs> long term. Um, but Having a real revenue model built into a DApp makes it just like any other app. You know, when you launch an app on the App Store, you have a revenue model, you have a plan to make money. Now it's the same thing on a decentralized app where you can make money in a much uh, more friction frictionless way. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see all the different games and concepts and and
0: DApps that are launched with a built-in revenue model that is relatively seamless. So I'll just go through the other projects that I mentioned. metapedia I'm not as familiar with this one, but it's a decentralized healthcare app, and they were quoted as saying scalability and transaction speed on the Ethereum network is limited that was the reason for for moving over to eos yeah uh ticks ico uh it's a ticketing platform I, I think there's a lot of ticketing platforms this one's the first one to move to eos uh they said quote ethereum doesn't fulfill our needs and requirements anymore especially when looking forward to the future developments uh billionaire token insights network and this blog post was interesting, but I thought the more interesting part was who actually published it. And there was Liquid EOS, who is actually, I don't know, are they owned by Bancor? Or just like the same yeah. team? I mean, what is I'm their not sure their legal
1: structure, if they're owned by Bancor, but it's basically Bancor's block producer candidate. Bancor is the ones behind the RAM trading algorithm on EOS. They have the Bancor decentralized exchange on Ethereum, about to launch the DEX on uh, EOS as well. So the,
0: the reason it was interesting to me was because, if you guys recall, uh, Dan Larimer was on Ivan on Tech, I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago. Yeah. And it was one week before they announced the Bancor partnership and then porting to, to part of their software to EOS. And let, let's just roll the clip right now. Dan, Dan kind of speaks to it the best.
1: Do you have any other uh, projects in in the pipeline that have reached out to you and want to use EOS for their applications? Yes, we have uh, several people every single day contacting us. Uh, a lot of projects that are on Ethereum are planning to, uh, Move to EOS because of the technological
0: speed, low fees, and the like. Um, We'll be um, releasing information about one of them uh, next week. So, uh, but there's
1: a lot of people that are moving um, and have expressed interest in moving. And a lot of people are just below the radar waiting for the blockchain to come out um, in June before they officially announce things. But there's everyone who comes and we've talked to, they see that EOSIO is really the only option
0: in the market right now. Yeah. So, so I don't think anything's changed since then. Um, Dan specifically said projects were coming to block one every single day to ask about EOS and this is before the mainnet Yeah. and now that the mainnet's been live for a couple months, I think we're seeing more and more projects com- coming out of the woodwork, uh, to make their announcements. And I mean, we're, we're seeing what, what's going on with Ethereum. I mean, Ethereum had a massive bounce uh, today yeah. a- after getting driven to, what did it hit, like
1: $1.60? $1. <laughs> yeah, $160, the lowest it's been in, I guess since last year, since almost the beginning the, of last
0: these, year. These market prices are nuts. I yeah. actually, I, I also own some NEO, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I read a tweet that said NEO was exactly the same price 360 days ago <laughs> oh my god that's crazy. <laughs> and i remember that do you remember last september how brutal it was that was whenever <laughs> china banned icos yeah and then right after that hit jamie diamond came out and said bitcoin's a scam yeah this right now where we're at in the marketplace is the it reminds me of last September. Yeah. It was just like everyone's like, "Oh no, man, crypto's dead." Well, I think people forget
1: about that because you think of last year and you think, "Oh, it was a crazy bull market, Eve, uh, ten
0: dollars to a thousand dollars." But yeah. extreme highs and extreme lows. Exactly. I, I actually like it right now. There's so much less noise. Oh, oh yeah. All the get-rich-quick people pretty much either lost their ass or sold or by now. Jump ship, yeah. <laughs> So like Telegram is much more quiet. I find it very easy to catch up on Telegram conversations because yeah. I could scroll through and not just see hundred moon memes. Well, well, this is the time where people are really getting things done.
1: You're heads down. You're if you're a developer, you're coding. You're out there networking. It's it's easier, for example, on a platform like EOS to get into it mm-hmm. when the price is at five fifty versus you know fifty dollars and fifty cents. When for a developer they may go, oh wait a minute, you know maybe I I should only buy a couple of these instead of stocking up now so I can power my DAP in the future.
0: I, I liked so. what you said uh, a couple weeks ago where you said this is a great time to be a developer yeah and the biggest complaint right after the mainnet launch was the ram prices yeah they, they were insanely high so not only were fixes made to expand ram over a long period of time which which lowered some of the speculative price but now the token price is down also so it's like a double whammy yeah. now is if, if you're a developer like if especially on another platform and most of these Uh, decentralized applications for the most part they're blockchain agnostic at this point because Ethereum wasn't ever going to scale enough and anytime soon for them to kind of hit hit, um, where they're ready to release to to the, the market with their actual platform that whatever they set out to build. Yeah. So now it's it's become a reality because they're, they're seeing apps like EOS Dice and EOS Knights and and different things that like you don't even know you're on a decentralized application. You click the button and a half second later, it, yeah. it's on the blockchain. Oh, absolutely. And it's pretty crazy to see. And I think part of the
1: reason why we've seen such a, a a tumultuous market recently is because people aren't delivering so whether it's ethereum not delivering on scalability people realizing hey this platform has critical flaws whether it's transaction fees lack of governance the inability to scale it really can't do what it needs to do and because of that there are thousands of ico projects that raise millions and millions of dollars that can't actually build working dApps because the platform they set out to build it on is critically flawed so Mm -hmm. that's why we're seeing this just in my opinion this massive drop in prices because the utility that's been promised
0: on so many of these platforms and in so many of these dApps is just not there. Do you know what my favorite chart is to look at in the market right now? I do. It's mine as well. You know, you know, my money, my money pair. (laughs) So, so I I took a little bit of hit today, but that's okay. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So the EOS Ethereum trading pair is on any exchange Parabolic. So if you look at like the Bitcoin charts from last December and or more so December, that that's what the EOS ETH pair looks like yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, it's crazy. And so if you guys are out there and traders, I wouldn't trade against USD. I wouldn't trade against Bitcoin. I would open up your longs against Ethereum right now because I'm I'm betting I'm I'm betting on the house that EOS is going to just blow Ethereum away. I'm betting the house that more Ethereum projects are going to come out and announce themselves for EOS. I wouldn't even be surprised if an Ethereum project in London makes their first announcement at that blockchain live. conference. Wow. Interesting. Because yeah, we'll I mean, who else could these be? So what were, what were those categories they mentioned? They, they meant- said gaming was one of them. That could
1: be something like EOS Knights or EOS bet. But I would imagine that may be something where, you know, Brendan has these gaming connections from when he ran, uh, I think it was ING, one of the largest gold farming websites in the world. What about that employees. VR
0: platform that announced? Oh, absolutely. High is high fidelity. Yeah. High fidelity from, from makers of second life. Yeah. What if they're there with some sort of demo? Oh, wow. That would be crazy. Music. There's not a single ES project I've seen that has anything to do with music as far as I know. So if they're mentioning music, who the hell's that? Uh, finance, transportation. We've been talking about D Uber for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of these are going to be working products by any means. There'll probably be like mock-ups and proofs, right. of, proofs of concept. But who's creating these mockups? Who's the team behind them? I'm yeah. curious to see because Definitely. I, won't, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple of familiar names, whether it could they're be. names of developers or names of complete projects porting over.
1: Yeah, it totally could be. I mean, if you think about people who are most equipped to build on EOS right now, it's, it's likely people who have built on ETH and they just say, I yeah. want to port over, I want to just use it in a normal language like C++ and deploy my DAP and be done with it. But I think it's worth noting on that ETH-EOS pair, that's real people out there like you and me trading their Ethereum for EOS. You may also even be ICOs going out there trading their Ethereum for EOS. We saw there's an interesting tweet from Kevin Rook at K-E-R-O-O-K-E on Twitter. Um, who said ICOs have spent over $30 million worth of ETH this week, which is about 150,000 Ethereum. This is more than any week since March 2018. And then he says the scary part, these ICOs will have over $600 million worth of treasury ETH in their accounts, which is more than 3 million ETH. Will they sell or will they hold? So I would imagine some of that parabolic rise on the ETH-EOS pair over the last month, other than just general market pricing, is also some of these ICOs either diversifying a little bit, cashing out some of that ETH into
0: EOS, or maybe even planning a move over to EOS entirely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just want to make something else clear. I don't want Ethereum to fail. Oh, uh, I yeah, I don't to want to say, any price. Uh, yeah, to to I don't be want honest. Ethereum to fail. I, I, I do think this is a rude awakening of what's possible and, and scalability, how it's happening today and not in three years or however long Ethereum plans to take. Definitely. I, I think uh, Ethereum has potential for, for some use cases. But, like, like gaming's not going to be one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And not. a lot of other uh, of these high scalable things that we, we need to be ready today. Most decentralized apps are not
1: possible on Ethereum. Strictly, if you if you put scalability aside, just because of the transaction fee. Because nobody's going to pay that dollar or, or 50 cents or whatever it is at that time to like a post or breed a kitty or take whatever action is necessary in the dApp.
0: Yeah, so... I'm curious to see the other Ethereum news. I know this isn't an Ethereum show, um, but the block produ- or their their miners who, who who do you know who voted on the uh, block reward change like two weeks ago? This was interesting. So after yeah. all of these people who are saying,
1: "Oh, Ethereum's more decentralized than EOS," blah blah mm-hmm. blah, which is not based in in fact in in any real way then had a, a core change to their protocol that was made by, I think, three out of five people on a Skype call it was, it none was, of the community members... I, I watched
0: members the YouTube li- yeah, live stream. I, I, was, I was in WhalePool and someone posted a link. I'm like, what's this? Yeah. Because they're always shitting on Ethereum in there. I, I clicked the link and I'm watching it. It's just a bunch of guys in their It looked like a block producer call, honestly. But similar. Very similar. But the fact of the matter is, on a block producer call, you can't just change the whole... software. The
1: the main differentiation between a call like that on Ethereum is that those people on Ethereum weren't voted in by the token holders. They were self-appointed people who are now in this powerful position that can change something like the block reward, the amount of money that Ethereum miners are being paid without any approval from anyone. No approval from miners, no approval from the actual token holders. Whereas on EOS... Those, the, the users, the actual token holders are voting in those people yeah. to represent. So, if the
0: block them. producers were like, oh, right, we're, well, I don't think anyone would complain if anyone lowered rewards. So, <laughs> yeah, I really thought anyone would vote against that that's except for true. the block producers themselves yeah. and on Ethereum, the miners which I don't know I don't know enough about the call or what it was exactly about because the miners probably didn't want it to go down. So I don't, oh, I don't I'm know, sure. I don't know who was making these decisions. But the fact of the matter is that they made the decision and it was implemented almost immediately, whereas any decision like that that will ever be made on EOSIO has to go through referendum first yeah. and then the vote the the block producers will have to vote on it and have 15 out of the 21 vote yes
1: yeah and the key there again is not just that there's the you know five people in the ethereum call and 15 or 21 on the the eos call it's that the ones on the eos call are elected they're elected by the token holders if you don't like what they're voting on unvote them and vote somebody else in but on ethereum these people just kind of have a seat at the table and gave themselves that seat which i think is a really a pretty big misalignment of interests
0: When we were talking about the projects uh, that have ported over to EOS, I I forgot the biggest one that that actually came out today. So this morning, a blog post came out from a man named... Stan Larimer, <laughs> the rocket man. When I first found out about Stan Larimer, I thought it was like some scammer Dude, trying t- to impersonate tell the, tell Dan. Tell this story. Oh my God. So I, I get an email one day. This is
1: back when I was still at ICO Alert. And I get an email from somebody saying, hey, would you like to to introduce or to interview Stan Larimer on the on the podcast? And I was like, Stan? I thought I thought it's Dan Larimer, not Stan. And I, they're, they're saying, oh, Stan is the, the father of Dan. He's the father of BitShares and Steemit and, and all these things and sort of taking some of what we know you know, Dan's accomplishments as, and sort of applying those to Stan. And I was very confused and took me a while to figure out this guy's actually real. It he's is le- Dan Larimer. He's Larimer's, legit. He, he's still <laughs> with BitShares. Yeah. And it so, is actually Dan Larimer's biological father, Stan Larimer, but he, it's just he's, so he's weird. He's
0: made some crazy like public statements before. Oh, and yeah. Dan's kind of said, this is my dad's words, not mine. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're not, away. they're not like in business. As far as I know, they're not in business together. Like yeah. formally, I mean, obviously they probably spent holidays together. I'm sure they talk, <laughs> but, uh, stands not with with EOS or block 1 but he put yeah. out a blog post today and it said these days we are using smart contracts to put any number of unmanned companies on a single blockchain with EOS and with bitshares EOS will be providing unmanned companies that can change jurisdictions with every transaction in a fraction of a second you might call that agile compliance yeah so this is super interesting to me because back in 2013 dan larimer and his father stan actually coined the term decentralized autonomous company which <laughs> is now mostly referred to as decentralized autonomous organizations right um vitalik didn't come out till like a year later to start talking about dax and wow Vitals. so i mean they were front runner they were some of the first people in the world to, to be talking about this yeah so th- that was really cool to, to see the mention of BitShares EOS because we, we keep saying when, when Steam 2.0, when BitShares 2.0, well, we, we might be seeing both of them real yeah. soon. Yeah,
1: it's interesting. It's it's almost like he's saying that whatever they're launching with BitShares EOS would be a platform to to make a company, to make a DAO.
0: So I don't know. we'll see. Um, what else happened? Someone someone I was in the Cypherglass Telegram channel and someone was like a- asking if we would talk about the patent. Did you see it? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So is, this is pretty interesting. It's very interesting. Dan
0: Larimer himself actually has
1: a patent for, um, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, it's but on it's on
0: voting on blockchain. Yeah. And it, I think it was filed like a year or two, two years ago. Yeah. And it was approved in like, 2016 2017 yeah he's been
1: granted several patents i believe in the blockchain space when he was asked about him publicly in telegram he said you know i'm not going to enforce these patents it's just a way to to prevent other people from enforcing their patent on him Mm. Um, a lot of people do that tesla is the most famous for doing that where they have patents on everything and then give them away for free but that way Mm -hmm. nobody can sue them for infringing on their patent um but pretty interesting it my ultimate hope with blockchain if if there was one thing that we could get out of you know this new technology would be putting government elections on a public blockchain where everybody can verify their vote. Because right now, you go into a voting booth every four years, you don't really know if that plastic card you slide in the machine does anything. Maybe it doesn't save any data, maybe your vote doesn't even get counted. The, the point is, there's no way to verify if your vote was actually tallied, whether it was tallied correctly or tallied at all. So to have voting on a blockchain would dramatically change the landscape of the world, would dramatically change voter participation, and, and so much more.
0: I mean, I, I don't know when the first uh, government election will happen on blockchain. It, it's not a matter of if, but when at this point. Absolutely. Because just think about the auditing alone, how much money would be saved. Oh, on, yeah. It would be on the public blockchain. You wouldn't know the identities. You'd just see the hash of who voted for yeah. what.
1: And then everybody could go and individually verify. You log on. You you search your transaction ID. Oh, look, there it is. My vote was, was tallied correctly for person A versus person B. Mm-hmm. I just think that would... Voter participation would be at all-time highs to know that, hey, my vote actually counts. Because when when people are surveyed, hey, why don't you vote in your government election? It's because they don't believe their vote has any effect.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So... I, I think auditing, like auditing businesses, including the IRS themselves, are going to be some of the major industries that that get completely revolutionized by blockchain technology. Like, what is the need yeah. for auditing anything if the blockchain is completely transparent? and Everything's on it.
1: Maybe the IRS will find that trillion dollars that they lost. Maybe it's out there. <laughs> Maybe somewhere. they'll
0: find out that it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I think
1: they all know where it and is. They just don't want to say. Four has no gold. Exactly. That's crazy. I mean, there's right now, I think there's uh, it's just kind of a hurry up and wait mindset in the EOS ecosystem. Behind the scenes, developers are building. Block producers are upgrading infrastructure. People are, you know, Block One every week is putting out an update to the EOSIO code that block producers are testing and then implementing. But I think it is kind of hurry up and wait for London. People have put so much focus on this London event and are just Ooh, yeah. really waiting to see what happens. Will it be a wallet? Will it be an identity solution? Will it be another decentralized exchange? Will it be all of that? I don't know. But we're going to find out here very,
0: very soon next week. Looking forward to it. I, I, Definitely. Hope, I hope they do some live streaming.
1: So I think that's all we have for this week. As another reminder, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you want to see the video version, if you want to see some of the other content that we're putting out, head over to everythingEOS.io. You can take a look there and subscribe to our
0: exclusive Everything EOS channel. And just so you guys know, we we actually post each weekly episode on two channels now. So if you go to everythingeos.io, that takes you directly to our Everything EOS channel. So that's just going to have our Everything EOS channel uh, content that's going to include this weekly podcast and every weekly podcast moving forward, in addition to uh, some bonus content that we're just going to post on that channel. But you could also find this on the ICO Alert channel too. That's the more popular one where we get uh, more more feedback from. But wherever you're watching it from, please hit the like button, please uh, hit the subscribe button, please leave comments, not only because we appreciate the feedback, but it also helps others uh, find these videos. So it gets suggested to more people on, on, on YouTube and in through search uh, based, based on people watching and liking our videos. We, we, we really appreciate the feedback, but we really want to just spread the word to the community. That's the whole purpose of this podcast is just spread the good word of Yos. Uh, we believe in it. We've believed in it from the start. We believe it's going to continue to grow for, for the rest of our lives to come. Um, So thank you guys. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Uh, I guess that's all. I'm Zach Gall. I'm Rob Finch. And this is Everything Yos.